Section 14, Book 13, Part 3 of the Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 2. From My Life, Poetry and Truth, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, translated by John Oxenford, eighteen twelve to eighteen seventy seven, Book Thirteen, Part Three. But that to all this melancholy a perfectly suitable locality might not be wanting, Ossian had charmed us even to the Ultima Thule, where on a grey boundless heath, wandering among prominent moss-covered gravestones we saw the grass around us moved by an awful wind and a heavily clouded sky above us it was not till moonlight that the caledonian night became day departed heroes faded maidens floated around us until at last we really thought we saw the spirit of loda in his fearful form in such an element with such surrounding influences with tastes and studies of this kind tortured by unsatisfied passions by no means excited from without to important actions with the sole prospect that we must adhere to a dull spiritless citizen life we became in gloomy wantonness attached to the thought that we could at all events quit life at pleasure if it no longer suited us and thus miserably enough helped ourselves through the disgusts and weariness of the days this feeling was so general that werther produced its great effect precisely because it struck a chord everywhere and openly and intelligibly exhibited the internal nature of a morbid youthful delusion how accurately the english were acquainted with this sort of wretchedness is shown by the few significant lines written before the appearance of werther Quote, to griefs congenial prone more wounds than nature gave he knew while misery's form his fancy drew in dark ideal hues and horrors not its own End quote suicide is an event of human nature which whatever may be said and done with respect to it demands the sympathy of every man and in every epoch must be discussed anew montesquieu grants his heroes and great men the right of killing themselves as they think fit since he says that it must be free to every one to close the fifth act of his tragedy as he pleases but here the discourse is not of those persons who have led an active and important life who have sacrificed their days for a great empire or for the cause of freedom and whom one cannot blame if they think to follow in another world the idea which inspires them as soon as it has vanished from the earth we have here to do with those whose life is embittered by a want of action in the midst of the most peaceful circumstances in the world through exaggerated demands upon themselves since i myself was in this predicament and best knew the pain i suffered in it 
and the exertion it costs me to free myself i will not conceal the reflections which i made with much deliberation on the various kinds of death which one might choose there is something so unnatural in a man tearing himself away from himself not only injuring but destroying himself that he mostly seizes upon mechanical means to carry this design into execution when ajax falls upon his sword it is the weight of his body which does him the last service when the warrior binds his shield-bearer not to let him fall into the hands of the enemy it is still an external force which he secures only a moral instead of a physical one women seek in water a cooling for their despair and the extremely mechanical means of firearms ensure a rapid act with the very least exertion hanging one does not like to mention because it is an ignoble death in england one may first find it because there from youth upwards one sees so many hanged without the punishment being precisely dishonourable by poison by opening the veins the only intention is to depart slowly from life and that most refined rapid and painless death by an adder is worthy of a queen who has passed her life in pleasure and brilliancy but all these are external aids enemies with which man forms an alliance against himself when now i considered all these means and looked about further in history i found among all those who killed themselves no one who did this deed with such greatness and freedom of mind as the emperor otho he having the worst of it as a general but being by no means reduced to extremities resolves to quit the world for the benefit of the empire which in some measure already belongs to him and for the sake of sparing so many thousands he has a cheerful supper with his friends and the next morning it is found that he has plunged a sharp dagger into his heart this deed alone seems to me worthy of imitation and i was convinced that whoever could not act in this like otho had no right to go voluntarily out of the world by these convictions i freed myself not so much from the danger as from the whim of suicide which in those splendid times of peace and with an indolent youth had managed to creep in among a considerable collection of weapons i possessed a handsome well-polished dagger this i laid every night by my bed and before i extinguished the candle i tried whether i could succeed in plunging the sharp point a couple of inches deep into my heart since i never could succeed in this i at last laughed myself out of the notion threw off all hypochondriacal fantasies and resolved to live but to be able to do this with cheerfulness i was obliged to solve a poetical problem by which all that i had felt thought and fancied upon this important point should be reduced to words for this purpose i collected the elements which had been at work in me for a few years i rendered present to my mind the cases which had most afflicted and tormented me but nothing could come to a definite form i lacked an event a fable in which they could be overlooked 
all at once i heard the news of jerusalem's death and immediately after the general report the most accurate and circumstantial description of the occurrence and at this moment the plan of werther was formed and the whole shot together from all sides and became a solid mass just as water in a vessel which stands upon the point of freezing is converted into hard ice by the most gentle shake to hold fast this singular prize to render present to myself and to carry out in all its parts a work of such importance and various contents was the more material to me as i had again fallen into a painful situation which left me even less hope than those which had preceded it and foreboded only sadness if not vexation it is always a misfortune to step into new relations to which one has not been injured we are often against our will lured into a false sympathy the incompleteness of such positions troubles us and yet we see no means either of completing them or of removing them footnote on the incompleteness halbite halfness if there were such a word would be the proper expression translator and footnote Frau von la Rouche had married her eldest daughter at Frankfurt, and often came to visit her, but could not reconcile herself to the position which she herself had chosen. Instead of feeling comfortable or endeavoring to make any alteration, she indulged in lamentations, so that one was really forced to think that her daughter was unhappy, although as she wanted nothing and her husband denied her nothing, one could not well see in what her unhappiness properly consisted in the meanwhile i was well received in the house and came into contact with the whole circle which consisted of persons who had partly contributed to the marriage partly wished for it a happy result the dean of st leonhard dumont conceived a confidence nay a friendship with me he was the first catholic clergyman with whom i had come into close contact and who because he was a clear-sighted man gave me beautiful and sufficient explanations of the faith usages and external and internal relations of the oldest church the figure of a well-formed though not young lady named servieres i still accurately remember i likewise came into contact with the Alosino schweitzer and other families forming a connection with the sons which long continued in the most friendly manner and all at once found myself domesticated in a strange circle in the occupations pleasures and even religious exercises of which i was induced nay compelled to take part my former relation to the young wife which was properly speaking only that of a brother to a sister was continued after marriage my age was suitable to her own i was the only one in the whole circle in whom she heard an echo of those intellectual tones to which she had been accustomed from her youth we lived on together in a childish confidence and although there was nothing impassioned in our intercourse it was tormenting enough because she also could not reconcile herself to her new circumstances 
and although blessed with the goods of fortune had to act as the mother of several stepchildren being moreover transplanted from the cheerful vale of aaron breitstein and a joyous state of youth into a gloomy situated mercantile house amid so many new family connections was i hemmed in without any real participation or cooperation if they were satisfied with each other all seemed to go on as a matter of course but most of the parties concerned turned to me in case of vexation which by my lively sympathy i generally rendered worse rather than better in a short time this situation became quite insupportable to me all the disgusted life which usually springs from such half connections seemed to burden me with double and threefold weight and a new strong resolution was necessary to free myself from it jerusalem's death which was occasioned by his unhappy attachment to the wife of his friend shook me out of the dream and because i not only visibly contemplated that which had occurred to him and me but something similar which befell me at the moment also stirred me to passionate emotion i could not do otherwise than breathe into that production which i had just undertaken all that warmth which leaves no distinction between the poetical and the actual i had completely isolated myself nay prohibited the visits of my friends and internally also i put everything aside that did not immediately belong to the subject on the other hand i embraced everything that had any relation to my design and repeated to myself my nearest life of the contents of which i had as yet made no practical use under such circumstances after such long and so many preparations in secret i wrote werther in four weeks without any scheme of the whole or treatment of any part being previously put on paper the manuscript which was now finished lay before me as a rough draft with few corrections and alterations it was stitched at once for the binding is to a written work of about the same use as the frame is to a picture one can much better see whether there is really anything in it since i had written this much almost unconsciously like a somnambulist i was myself astonished now i went through it that i might alter and improve it in some respects but in the expectation that after some time when i had seen it at a certain distance much would occur to me that would turn to the advantage of the work i gave it to my younger friends to read upon whom it produced an effect so much the greater as contrary to my usual custom i had told no one of it nor discussed my design beforehand yet here again it was the subject matter which really produced the effect and in this respect they were in a frame of mind precisely the reverse of my own for by this composition more than by any other i had freed myself from that stormy element upon which through my own fault and that of others through the mode of life both accidental and chosen through design and thoughtless precipitation through obstinacy and pliability i had been driven about in the most violent manner i felt as if after a general confession once more happy and free and justified in beginning a new life the old household had been of excellent service to me on this occasion but while i felt myself eased and enlightened by having turned reality into poetry my friends were led astray by my work for they thought that poetry ought to be turned into reality 
that such a moral was to be imitated and that at any rate one ought to shoot himself what had first happened here among a few afterwards took place among the larger public and this little book which had been so beneficial to me was decried as extremely injurious but all the evils and misfortunes which it may have produced were nearly prevented by an accident since even after its production it ran the risk of being destroyed the matter stood thus murk had lately returned from petersburg i had spoken to him but little because he was always occupied and only told him in the most general terms of that werther which lay next to my heart he once called upon me and he did not seem very talkative i asked him to listen to me he seated himself on the sofa and i began to read the tale letter by letter after i had gone on thus far for a while without gaining from him any sign of admiration i adopted a more pathetic strain but what were my feelings when at a pause which i made he struck me down in the most frightful manner with good that's very pretty and withdrew without adding anything more i was quite beside myself for as i took great pleasure in my works and at first passed no judgment on them i here firmly believed that i had made a mistake in subject tone and style all of which were doubtful and had produced something quite inadmissible had a fire been at hand i should at once have thrown in the work but i again plucked up courage and passed many painful days until he at last assured me in confidence that at that moment he had been in the most frightful situation in which a man can be placed on this account he had said he had neither seen nor heard anything and did not even know what the manuscript was about in the meanwhile the matter had been set aright as far as was possible and murk in the times of his energy was just the man to accommodate himself to anything monstrous his humour returned only it had grown more bitter than before he blamed my design of rewriting werther with the same expressions which he had used on a former occasion and desired to see it printed just as it was a fair copy was made which did not remain long in my hands for on the very day on which my sister was married to george schlosser a letter from Vagand of leipzig chanced to arrive in which he asked me for a manuscript such a coincidence i looked on as a favourable omen i sent off werther and was very satisfied when the remuneration i received for it was not entirely swallowed up by the debts which i had been forced to contract on account of goats von berlichingen the effect of this little book was great nay immense and chiefly because it exactly hit the temper of the times for as it requires but a little match to blow up an immense mine so the explosion which followed my publication was mighty from the circumstance that the youthful world had already undermined itself and the shock was great because all extravagant demands unsatisfied passions and imaginary wrongs were suddenly brought to an eruption it cannot be expected of the public that it should receive an intellectual work intellectually in fact it is only the subject the material part that was considered as i had already found it to be the case among my own friends 
while at the same time arose that old prejudice associated with the dignity of a printed book that it ought to have a moral aim but a true picture of life has none it neither approves nor censures but develops sentiments and actions in their consequences and thereby enlightens and instructs of the reviews i took little notice i had completely washed my hands of the matter and the good folks might now try what they could make of it yet my friends did not fail to collect these things and as they were already initiated into my views to make merry of them the joys of young werther with which nikolai came forth gave us occasion for many a jest this otherwise excellent meritorious and well-informed man had already begun to depreciate and oppose everything that did not accord with his own way of thinking which as he was of a very narrow mind he held to be the only correct way against me too he must needs try his strength and his pamphlet was soon in our hands the very delicate vignette by kodowiki gave me such delight as at that time i admired this artist extravagantly the jumbling melody itself was cut out of that rough household stuff which the human understanding in its homely limits takes especial pains to make sufficiently coarse without perceiving that there was nothing here to qualify that werther's youthful bloom from the very first appears gnawed by the deadly worm nikolai allows my treatment to pass current up to the two hundred and fourteenth page and then when the desolated mortal is preparing for the fatal step the acute psychological physician contrives to palm upon his patient a pistol loaded with chicken's blood from which a filthy spectacle but happily no mischief arises charlotte becomes the wife of werther and the whole affair ends to the satisfaction of everybody so much i can recall to memory for the book never came before my eyes again i had cut out the vignette and placed it among my most favorite engravings i then by way of quiet innocent revenge composed a little burlesque poem nikolai at the grave of werther which however cannot be communicated on this occasion too the pleasure of giving everything a dramatic shape was again predominant i wrote a prose dialogue between charlotte and werther which was tolerably comical werther bitterly complains that his deliverance by chicken's blood has turned out so badly his life is saved it is true but he has shot his eye out he is now in despair at being her husband without being able to see her for the complete view of her person would to him be much dearer than all those pretty details of which he could assure himself by the touch charlotte as may be imagined has no great catch in a blind husband and thus occasion is given to abuse nikolai pretty roundly for interfering unasked in other people's affairs the whole was written in a good-natured spirit and painted with prophetic forebodings that unhappy conceited humor of nikolai's which led him to meddle with things beyond his compass which gave great annoyance both to himself and others and by which eventually in spite of his undoubted merits 
he entirely destroyed his literary reputation the original of this judas prix was never copied and has been lost sight of for years the pure ardent attachment of the two young persons was rather heightened than diminished by the comico-tragic situation into which they were thus transposed the greatest tenderness prevailed throughout and even my adversary was not treated ill-naturedly but only humorously i did not however let the book itself speak quite so politely in imitation of an old rhyme it expressed itself thus by that conceited man by him i'm dangerous declared the heavy man who cannot swim is by the water scared that berlin packed priest-ridden lot their ban i do not heed and those who understand me not should better learn to read being prepared for all that might be alleged against werther i found those attacks numerous as they were by no means annoying but i had no anticipation of the intolerable torment provided for me by sympathizers and well-wishers these instead of saying anything civil to me about my book just as it was wished to know one and all what was really true in it at which i grew very angry and often expressed myself with great discourtesy to answer this question i should have been obliged to pull to pieces and destroy the form of a work on which i had so long pondered with the view of giving a poetical unity to its many elements and in this operation if the essential parts were not destroyed they would at least have been scattered and dispersed however upon a closer consideration of the matter i could not take the public inquisitiveness in ill part jerusalem's fate had excited great attention an educated amiable blameless young man the son of one of the first theologians and authors healthy and opulent had at once without any known cause destroyed himself every one asked how this was possible and when they heard of an unfortunate love affair the whole youth were excited and as soon as it transpired that some little annoyances had occurred to him in the higher circles the middle classes also became excited indeed every one was anxious to learn further particulars now werther appeared an exact delineation as it was thought of the life and character of that young man the locality and person tallied and the narrative was so very natural that they considered themselves fully informed and satisfied but on the other hand on closer examination there was so much that did not fit that there arose from those who sought the truth an unmanageable busyness because a critical investigation must necessarily produce a hundred doubts the real groundwork of the affair was however not to be fathomed for all that i had interwoven of my own life and suffering could not be deciphered because as an unobserved young man i had secretly though not silently pursued my course while engaged in my work i was fully aware how highly that artist was favored who had an opportunity of composing a venus from the study of a variety of beauties 
accordingly i took leave to model my charlotte according to the shape and qualities of several pretty girls although the chief characteristics were taken from the one i loved best the inquisitive public could therefore never discover similarities in various ladies and even to the ladies themselves it was not quite indifferent to be taken for the right one but these several charlots caused me infinite trouble because every one who only looked at me seemed determined to know where the proper one really resided i endeavored to save myself like nathan with the three rings by an expedient which though it might suit higher beings would not satisfy either the believing or the reading public footnote on nathan nathan the wise in lessing's play founded on Boccaccio's tale of the three rings translator End footnote. i hoped after a time to be freed from such tormenting inquiries but they pursued me through my whole life i sought on my travels to escape them by assuming an incognito but even this remedy was to my disappointment unavailing and thus the author of the little work had he even done anything wrong and mischievous was sufficiently i may say disproportionately punished by such unavoidable importunities subjected to this kind of affliction i was taught but too unequivocally that authors and their public are separated by an immense gulf of which happily neither of them have any conception the uselessness therefore of all prefaces i had long ago seen for the more pains a writer takes to render his views clear the more occasion he gives for embarrassment besides an author may preface as elaborately as he will the public will always go on making precisely those demands which he has endeavoured to avoid with a kindred peculiarity of readers which particularly with those who print their judgments seems remarkably comical i was likewise soon acquainted they live for instance in the delusion that an author in producing anything becomes their debtor and he always falls short of what they wished and expected of him although before they had seen our work they had not the least notion that anything of the kind existed or was even possible independent of all this it was now the greatest fortune or misfortune that every one wished to make the acquaintance of this strange young author who had stepped forward so unexpectedly and so boldly they desired to see him to speak to him and even at a distance to hear something from him thus he had to undergo a very considerable crowd sometimes pleasant sometimes disagreeable but always distracting for enough works already begun lay before him nay and would have given him abundance of work for some years if he could have kept to them with his old fervour but he was drawn forth from the quiet the twilight the obscurity which alone can favor pure creation into the noise of daylight where one is lost in others where one is led astray alike by sympathy and by coldness by praise and by blame because outward contact never accords with the epoch of our inner culture and therefore as it cannot further us must necessarily injure us 
yet more than all the distractions of the day the author was kept from the elaboration and completion of greater works by the taste then prevalent in our society for dramatizing everything of importance which occurred in actual life what that technical expression for such it was in our inventive society really meant shall here be explained excited by intellectual meetings on days of hilarity we were accustomed in short extemporary performances to communicate in fragments all the materials we had collected towards the formation of larger compositions one single simple incident a pleasantly naive or even silly word a blunder a paradox a clever remark personal singularities or habits nay a peculiar expression and whatever else would occur in a gay and bustling life took the form of a dialogue a catechism a passing scene or a drama often in prose but oftener in verse by this practice carried on with such genial passion the really poetic mode of thought was established we allowed objects events persons to stand for themselves in all their bearings our only endeavor being to comprehend them clearly and exhibit them vividly every expression of approbation or disapprobation was to pass in living forms before the eyes of the spectator these productions might be called animated epigrams which though without edges or points were richly furnished with marked and striking features the garmarkfeist fair festival is an epigram of this kind or rather a collection of such epigrams all the characters there introduced are meant for actual living members of that society or for persons at least connected and in some degree known to it but the meaning of the riddle remained concealed to the greater part all laughed and few knew that their own marked peculiarities served as the jest the prologue to barth's newest revelations may be looked upon as a document of another kind the smallest pieces are among the miscellaneous poems a great many have been destroyed or lost and some that still exist do not admit of being published those which appeared in print only increased the excitement of the public and curiosity about the author those which were handed about in manuscript entertained the immediate circle which was continually increasing dr barth then at geissen paid me a visit apparently courteous and confiding he laughed over the prologue and wished to be placed on a friendly footing but we young people still continued to omit no opportunity at social festivals of sporting in a malicious vein at the peculiarities which we had remarked in others and successfully exhibited if now it was by no means displeasing to the young author to be stared at as a literary meteor he nevertheless sought with glad modesty to testify his esteem for the most deserving men of his country among whom before all others the admirable justice moser claims special mention the little essays on political subjects by this incomparable man had been printed some years before in the osnaburg intelligenzablatter 
and made known to me through herder who overlooked nothing of worth that appeared in his time especially if in print moser's daughter frau von voigt was occupied in collecting these scattered papers we had scarcely patience to wait for their publication and i placed myself in communication with her to assure her with sincere interest that the essays which both in matter and form had been addressed only to a limited circle would be useful and beneficial everywhere she and her father received these assurances from a stranger not altogether unknown in the kindest manner since an anxiety which they had felt was thus preliminarily removed what is in the highest degree remarkable and commendable in these little essays all of which being composed in one spirit form together a perfect whole is the very intimate knowledge they display of the whole civil state of man we see a system resting upon the past and still in vigorous existence on the one hand there is a firm adherence to tradition on the other movement and change which cannot be prevented here alarm is felt at a useful novelty there pleasure in what is new although it be useless or even injurious with what freedom from prejudice the author explains the relative position of different ranks and the connection in which cities towns and villages mutually stand we learn their prerogatives together with the legal grounds of them we are told where the main capital of the state is invested and what interest it yields we see property and its advantages on the one hand on the other taxes and disadvantages of various kinds and then the numerous branches of industry and in all this past and present times are contrasted osnaberg as a member of the hanseatic league we are told had in the earlier periods an extensive and active commerce according to the circumstances of those times it had a remarkable and fine situation it could receive and produce of the country and was not too far removed from the sea to transport it in its own ships but now in later times it lies deep in the interior and is gradually removed and shut out from the sea trade how this has occurred is explained in all its bearings the conflict between england and the coasts and of the havens with the interior is mentioned here are set forth the great advantages of those who live on the seaside and deliberate plans are proposed for enabling the inhabitants of the interior to obtain similar advantages we then learn a great deal about trades and handicrafts and how these have been outstripped by manufactures and undermined by shopkeeping decline is pointed out as a result of various causes and this result in its turn as the cause of a further decline in an endless circle which it is difficult to unravel yet it is so clearly set forth by the vigilant citizen that one fancies one can see the way to escape from it the author throughout displays the clearest insight into the most minute circumstances his proposals his counsel nothing is drawn from the air and yet they are often impracticable on which account he calls his collection patriotic fancies 
although everything in it is based on the actual and the possible but as everything in public life is influenced by domestic condition this especially engages his attention as objects both of his serious and sportive reflections we find the changes in manners and customs dress diet domestic life and education it would be necessary to indicate everything which exists in the civil and social world to exhaust the list of subjects which he discusses and his treatment of them is admirable a thorough man of business discourses with the people in weekly papers respecting whatever a wise and beneficent government undertakes or carries out that he may bring it to their comprehension in its true light this is by no means done in a learned manner but in those varied forms which may be called poetic and which in the best sense of the word must certainly be considered rhetorical he is always elevated above his subject and understands how to give a cheerful view of the most serious subjects now half concealed behind this or that mask now speaking in his own person always complete and exhausting his subject at the same time always in good humor more or less ironical thoroughly to the purpose honest well-meaning sometimes rough and vehement and all this so well regulated that the spirit understanding facility skill taste and character of the author cannot but be admired in the choice of subjects of general utility deep insight enlarged views happy treatment profound yet cheerful humor i know no one to whom i can compare him but franklin such a man had an imposing effect upon us and greatly influenced a youthful generation which demanded something sound and stood ready to appreciate it we thought we could adapt ourselves to the form of his exposition but who could hope to make himself master of so rich an entertainment and handle the most unmanageable subjects with so much ease but this is our purest and sweetest illusion one which we cannot resign however much pain it may cause us through life that we would where possible appropriate to ourselves nay even reproduce and exhibit as our own that which we prize and honor in others end of the autobiography of goethe volume two from my life poetry and truth by johann wolfgang von goethe translated by john oxenford eighteen twelve to eighteen seventy seven